is Brandon Vogt, and you're listening to the Theater of Public Policy podcast. Our show today features the folks from the Wrong About Everything podcast, which includes a bunch of heavy-hitting politicos. They've got a wide variety of experience, both in local and national politics, running for office, running other people for office, working in lobbying, working and advocating for different political organizations and on behalf of different groups. It's, yeah, a very intimidating panel to have on the show, but uh, they do a podcast called Wrong About Everything, where they talk about politics in Minnesota and beyond. And so we thought it would be fun to have them on our show. So we talked about just those things. We looked at what's to look forward to in the upcoming elections, both from a Minnesota perspective and a national perspective, calling back on what we've learned from the last election and what people think may happen in this election. What are the upsets going to be or what are the races that people are watching for different reasons? I should warn you that uh, this podcast is a little more saucy than usual. Uh, they're a pretty rambunctious crew, and so there's a few more explicit words than usual. So if you are sensitive to that kind of language or usually listen with small children, I would advise you to maybe skip this one. We'd also like to thank our media sponsor this season, MinPost, which offers reader-supported news and analysis, both on local issues and national. Check them out at www.minnpost.com. Thanks. I hope you enjoy the show. So uh, we are super excited tonight because we had planned and are going to have the entire panel of Wrong About Everything with us, and we're going to talk to them for the first part of the show all about politics. But then you all are here for our very special debate-watching party. And so uh, we're going to talk to them about politics for the first uh, bit of the show. We're going to turn it over to the cast, and then we're going to bring down this big screen and watch the debate together and leave all these microphones live and the there will continue to be alcohol flowing, and it's going to be a great night. So um, maybe. It could be horrible. Uh, so, uh, so all right. So I'm going to go through these introductions and not do them full justice because of the amount of time, but they're all in your program. So ladies and gentlemen, can you do a big round of applause for the entire amazing Wrong About Everything podcast team, Javier Moreo, Brian McDaniel, Karen Moritz, and Amy Cove. little microphone that's uh sorry but yeah, you're okay fine. you're okay so thank you all okay. so much for being here uh very excited to have you uh for this this is the first time we've ever done a debate watching party and we'll it, depending on how it goes maybe we'll mm. never do it again um <laughs> so uh so i wanted to get started uh talking with you all we're going to talk a lot tonight probably about national politics but uh, there are elections that happen in Minnesota as well, uh, including the entire legislature, uh, House and Senate, are up this term. And I, it gets so little talked about. Right now, the House is controlled by the GOP. The uh, Senate is controlled by the DFL. Do, just sort of as a big broad getting started, do we expect that to change? Does anybody know if, that's gonna, if there's a, a projection that it might either of those might change in the next term? I think, I think going into this cycle, most people thought that the, the House would stay Republican. 
Um, I was not one of those people because I, I'm one of the people that say that because of Trump, the sky is falling. Polling seems to indicate that that's not happening. I think the surprise is how much in play the Senate is oh, really? for Republicans, and that's because Trump does do very well in outstate Minnesota, mm -hmm. and there are lots of DFL senators who are in uh, traditionally Republican areas that are getting killed by Trump. Really? Yep. What? I mean, so can you talk, and I know we're talking about Minnesota politics, but why? Why is that happening, particularly in greater Minnesota? Well, when you think about when you think about who the Trump supporters are, you know, a lot of them, you can, you can, you can imagine them I being on the I just love you trying so hard to be diplomatic about this. A as is my way. I, I'm glad the Republicans answering that question. <laughs> yeah. So, but, 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 you know, you think... No, no, explain. Yeah, no, what no. are the Trump supporters the, like? Uh, like? Like on the Iron Range, Trump is doing very well. In, in northern and rural Minnesota, Trump is doing very well. And it's because of lots of things. Blue-collar voters. <laughs> Blue oh, collar. Come on, that's not fair. Um, Amy, why do you have to make it all about color? Blue collar, <laughs> Karen. Uh, no, this is. Uh, I I was uh, I was working on a project recently, and uh, it, it, I realized. So Tim Pawlenty was the last Republican elected statewide in Minnesota, yeah. and he's a very different kind of Republican than Donald Trump. Um, in, and in that he is one. Uh, yes, drinks beer there, I think. Um, but yeah. so, uh, uh, Amy, I would ask you sort of, if Trump does do well in Minnesota, whether or not he wins or not, does that sort of plot it, do, do Minnesota Republicans start following him? Like, do, is that sort of the pathway going forward? No, I, I don't think so. Minnesota Republicans, um, well, in the caucuses, as you all know, they went a very different way. We were the yeah. only state to go for Marco Rubio, and actually Cruz was a second, and Trump was a distant third. Uh, actually, excuse me, Puerto Rico went for Marco Rubio as well. Okay, well, there you go. I sorry. didn't realize Puerto is Rico was a, a state that, at this point. No, right. but we participate in primaries for some weird reason. Uh, yeah, Puerto Rico doesn't realize it's a state yet either. Yeah, right. No, but we participated in primaries. And I think we that's like so Marco nice Rubio he got too. a state. I know. You know? I love that the only the only two places where I associate with Republicans at all at least did not vote for Trump. You appreciate us? Yes. You, you appreciate yeah. us. You and the Puerto Rican Republicans. But you don't think there that are like three of them. You don't think that changes if Trump did, like does uh, if end he wins up, the it, presidency? Well, Is or if he asking? just overperforms and does much better in some of these places than people have seen. No, I, I really don't because we've always been independent. There was a time when Republicans went by, what, you know, it was DFL and it was independent Republicans, the IRs. We've always kind of made our own way. And, and as Javier says, and I agree with him, uh, I think there's opportunity for Minnesota Republicans to kind of lead the nation on a different type of party. Um, and uh, I think you're going to see us uh, avail ourselves of that opportunity. I mean, I do. I would say that I hope that they resist the temptation uh, because I, uh, I, I mean, I, I do think, I mean, and after the caucuses, that's when I, I said that I feel like that, that the Republican Party, you know, after the 2012 election, they did this autopsy. They, mm -hmm. That's what they called it. Like um, uh, of the election, and said we've got to stop being so racist, and we got to stop, you know, opposing immigration reform. I, lo I love the idea that that's how Reince Priebus came out and said it. Like, okay, we got to stop being so racist, everybody. I don't think that was a direct quote. Yeah, yeah, no. no. Yeah. Also, we pronounce it Reince Priebus. Who's we in this? Us. Us. Okay, in our own little world. In our own little world. Uh, so Reince, uh, he. He did this uh, autopsy, and then, like, all the results of it were just, you know, quickly forgotten. Um, and, and, and so I think the Minnesota Republicans, by doing what they did in caucuses, I do think 
um, which I've, I've said to our, our Republicans on the podcast, have an opportunity to like to be a new generation of Republicans. But if you look at the last week, like when Ted Cruz, who was the guy who had like sort of bet the farm on on um, uh, on uh, what's his name. Donaldo, uh, not uh, doing well, um, now endorsing Trump because now that he sees no window of that, maybe he will win. Well, then I'll be, you know, then I, then yeah. I, then I need a seat at the table. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I just hope that doesn't happen here. I, this is a question, and I take it for for both uh, both sides. In the, are we at a point now where we really are past sort of like? party splitting on tickets is it that party trumps everything yes. i know that you guys say it's not but i mean are you're getting pretty lonely in minnesota, it seems like yeah. no minnesota minnesota we split minnesota tickets. split tickets that's that's just what minnesotans do yeah and I, and I think in minnesota you're gonna see a lot of people that just don't vote like on the republican side who just don't vote for president or they vote for for gary johnson or um evan mcmullen as a little bit of a protest who? evan the, mcmullen the other guys <laughs> Yeah. He's on the ballot. He's on the ballot. Anyway, <laughs> you should so, check out his website. So I think you're going to see that a lot, though. Um, this and, podcast might be the most press Evan McMullen has ever gotten. <laughs> no, uh, Evan at, McMullen. At, no, no, no. This is our, literally the first time I've heard of him. At our state <laughs> fair. At our state fair. Um, he was there. No, 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 not that no. guy. Evan no, we was had the, there. The, no, candidate, we had the Constitution guy. Party. Yeah, yeah, we, did. we had a presidential party. candidate. He showed up. Daryl Castle. Daryl Castle. He just wandered over for the podcast. In our lonely ass booth, it was just us. And he's like, I'm the Constitutional Party candidate. And he's, he's on the ballot in like 26 states. Tane, have you had an actual presidential candidate on your show before? Not a current presidential we candidate. We have. We did. There you go. We have. Well, yeah. we're, kind of, we're big time. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Castle. Uh, Is that his name? Yeah. So, sen- <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> in Minnesota, the Senate might be in play. What about uh, DFL? Uh, d- is there whole, do they think that they're going to take back the House? Well, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be... So the thing about the Minnesota legislature, the, the elections are always won by very, very thin margins. You spread out the whole difference... And be in like the the difference between the majority and minority is sometimes you know like a thousand two thousand votes spread over all of those races, um, and so I think it's going to be going to go down to the wire. I think in the in the end it's going to be po- possibly a tough slug for the DFLers to take back the the House, but possible. Um, but I think the Senate will remain DFL. I think this. I think the the House believes that they are the House DFL believe that they're going to take over, um, take back the House, but I also think that they believe that the whole state is Minneapolis. And I think that's one of the things that will ultimately prevent them from doing well, so. Well, I mean, this is really interesting because we have had legislators of both political parties on, and it does seem, uh, that might be a bit, but that, you know, the DFL is like, we're really doing pretty well here in the cities and we're happy. And Republicans uh, seem to be like, fine, have your cities and we will run against your cities and have all. And it seems like that ultimately is bad for the whole state. Oh, without I, questions. I'd like Karen to answer so I could amplify what she's saying. <laughs> 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 Did you all read that article? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, I like. I don't know if it counts if you tell me to do something so that you can then. <laughs> no, I'm telling no, no, them. Totally I'd counts. like you to it answer. Totally no, I mean I agree. I think that I think that we need. I, I mean, even Democrats in the cities look very different than Democrats outstate. And I think that um, I, I think that just as their party is is. I mean, I would say. Don't touch me. Brian, Brian's in his, Brian, Brian, I'm triggering Brian. Um, I've actually never said that before. I know, especially not to <laughs> in me. In the history of yeah. or any well, woman. Yeah, or wow. Um, I, I would be embarrassed, but you're disgusting. Um, <laughs> I, like, 
It's so funny because the second topic for the show is to talk about like uh, bipartisan comedy, but uh, apparently we're past Civility. that. So. Yeah. No, I guess now we are. No, 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 it's fine. Um, <laughs> you were making a very intelligent point. I was. I mean, it's, which is which is which is don't rare. Don't condescend for, to her. No, I'm not. I'm trying to get <laughs> us no, I mean, it's, it's fine. Can we let her finish? It's it's, it's, it's rare for our show that yeah. I do such a thing. Because um, usually I'm just like you know jizz. Um, so <laughs> no, I mean I think that just as their party is like a shit show at this point, I mean our party is split rural and urban, and I think it would benefit all of us. It would be- benefit the entire state if we would spend more time in conversation with each other. Here's what I think is crazy about this. Split, uh, yeah, which is you, give me credit. I agree. With I, I agree with what Karen. she's Karen. saying about the split and Karen the, need for the DFL correct. to focus on both. <laughs> yeah, Karen is correct when she says that. And um, I th- see, as someone not from Minnesota, as a transplant, I think the whole Minnesota, like Minneapolis, rest of Minnesota divide, is crazy. Like I've lived in a lot of different states, and this state just seems supremely connected to me. Like, everyone who I know in the Twin Cities has family in greater Minnesota and vice versa, and people, like, the holidays, like, entire blocks in Minneapolis, they all are, like, you know, disappear because people are are visiting family members. And so I think it's just truly bizarre, and I think it's something that, as progressives, we allow this narrative to happen and don't fight back, and I think it's just nuts. Like, I I mean, I, I... I, I don't know a many a, like someone who's actually from Minnesota, and you know I mostly know Minnesotans because you all never leave, um, uh, and uh, yeah. So I just I just find it really bizarre. But when you're talking about interesting things like buffer zones for farmers, when you're talking about mining on the Iron Range, when you're talking about the issues that matter to Greater Minnesota, I mean the DFL has kind of split. You've become that's those have become some really wedge issues with the environmental um, the heavy environmental wing of your party for right or for wrong and that doesn't resonate in greater Minnesota. So you know I'm not sure how you bring that back but I mean because there's just some fundamental beliefs that you all hold. It's, yeah. Yeah, and and we vice versa we the Republicans while we're doing really well in greater Minnesota are really struggling in the in suburbs. The suburbs, yeah. Yeah. suburbs are where in the last election Republicans in the house won one picked up one seat in the suburbs. One, Roz Peterson. Um, and so if we don't start to perform in the suburbs, you know, we are also going to, we're going to be in a permanent minority Well, this status. is a good segue into what I actually, the final question about Minnesota here, which is, so uh, Minnesotans will go to the polls this November unless they're so discouraged no, they we don't. O- we but, always uh, vote. Uh, we do vote. And they some will be voting. Some of us already have. Uh, yeah. Some of us already have. Uh, we will be uh, picking these uh, legislators. What are what issues are they actually voting on in terms of the Minnesota House, like in the Minnesota Senate? What do people? I mean, in all seriousness, it feels like the last legislative session was just like, all right, we'll settle this on November eighth. Um, I, th- I, I I honestly think that Minnesotans, the last couple cycles, have had to vote for nothing other than balance. Because in Minnesota, we don't like to swing too far to the right or too far to the left. I mean, remember, at one point in time, we had Rod Grams as a senator, extraordinarily conservative, Paul Wellstone as a senator, extraordinarily conservative, and Jesse Ventura. Liberal. Liberal, 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 liberal. And, uh, and, Jesse, and Jesse Ventura, who was, who knows what the hell he was. But so we, we self-correct. So I think in the last election, Republicans got the House back by saying there had been one-party rule. Now we need balance. And I think now Republicans are, are saying we still need balance. Well, were they or were they running that, you know, if you elect the Republicans in 2014, we are going to deliver X, Y, and Z, particularly for some of these greater Minnesota counties? Oh, we don't actually deliver anything. 
<laughs> well, well, and, that, and, and one of the things I say is, and I say this, to, I say this to my, I say this. Wait, again, we don't I'm give away. What you're saying is, that. we're who, not giveaways. Who, we're not sugar wait, daddy. Who do you lobby for? Again? Well, well, um, well, and what and what I tell my lobbying clients is, it's very hard to negotiate with a Republican because they don't want anything. So it's not so much that republic that Republicans say they they want they want less government, they want fewer taxes, they want you to leave them alone. They're not asking for. Stadiums, or you know, they want roads and bridges, which they didn't get. Right, roads and bridges. Yeah. That's and that That's was stuff. promised to them. But we, did, but we didn't get it. Right, so you didn't you get it. So yeah. So, so I, I mean, there was a lot promised for like uh, uh, for Greater Minnesota, it, like roads and bridges, education. That what was delivered on education was delivered by the governor, um, and now Republicans are running on it. Uh, and so, that's um, true. Uh, so yeah, but but I think that the way people vote in Minnesota is very much, you know, it goes with the high voter participation rates. I think people are generally go pretty well informed, um, and there's lots and lots of of split tickets. I think this election in Minnesota is going to be one for the record books in terms of looking, like really looking at how purplish we are, what issues drive people, what the presidential race means, and what it doesn't. And also, there's the Wiener Man on the ballot in Brainerd. Wiener Man. We've been focused Wiener on that. Man. Wiener, Wiener Man. Man. That's, that's the race to watch. <laughs> yeah. Not for not because it's winnable for Democrats, but it's because a Democrat yeah. named Sen- Wiener Sen- Man is running. Senator Paul Gazelka is running against a guy whose last name is Wiener Man. What he, did his ancestors he, do? I understand he's surging. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a hard race. Uh, So, uh, this actually is another good segue into the second thing that I wanted to ask, which is uh, about, uh, you all have this podcast every week. You talk uh, to each other across party lines and whatnot, but sort of, I I know you're saying that Minnesota likes to sort of swing back and forth, but it it has seemed the last few election cycles, like, the the lesson... swingers. Not with the, the lesson has been, oh, you have to have almost one party control if you want to get something done in this state. Uh, like we're, We seem to be less and less capable of compromise. So does that break? Does that fever break somehow? Uh, no. Um, it, the podcast audience can't hear your shaking. Um, yeah. So, so well, <laughs> I, I think it's very important. We're wrong saying. about everything. So we do a weekly podcast, two Democrats, two Republicans. And I am very adamant about saying that it is not about... People talk about, like, bipartisanship. Let's let's agree in the the mushy middle. It's not about agreeing. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes we agree. Occasional... I mean, when we agree, usually it's about something silly, like Wienermen's an interesting race to follow. Um, But not on (laughs) politics, because I, I think that it's an important value to have for people who just disagree to be able to speak with each other, not just speak with each other, but speak with each other in a friendly manner. And I, and I think it's especially important to me that we laugh while doing it. So I feel like when, you know, we all, we live in silos and we mostly laugh with people in our silos. And if you think about whatever group you hang out with, the jokes you tell each other are probably like, if other people heard them really would be thought of as really inappropriate. Right, and so what's appropriate and what's the line is changed by who you are with, mm-hmm. and so we try to push the envelope. And so, uh, if you listen to our uh, plot, <laughs> two, not, two episodes ago, yeah. I was, was not a, on that podcast. It was about God. this uh, the candidate. No one West. Uh, no one Fag West. Fagballs. West. Fagballs. Fagballs. Yes, that wasn't his name. No, no, no. It is now. No, no. The podcast of record has decided that. What is that guy's name? Nolan West. Nolan. West, yeah. So he sounds like a superhero. He's kind of a dick. Um, in that he 
posted on Facebook, and he did. He ran for office without scrubbing his Facebook, which is idiot. To be fair, the GOP House hired him as a staffer without checking his social media. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and he said on it. Doing. He said on it like that. Uh, he posted that a. Pic- <laughs> he posted a picture of. Uh, he posted the Confederate flag and said that Abraham Lincoln was the worst president. Which, which is, is not the, on message for the Republican Party, by the right. way. He's our favorite president. Right. He's the guy, like, we're like, hey, Amy, Dark. if I tell you the Republicans are racist, what oh, do you say? Lincoln freed the slaves. That's right. Shut it. <laughs> yes. That's, and That's so he was got. off yeah. message. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln, he was super tall. He wore a hat. That's just showing off. Fuck Save Lincoln. the country. Fuck Lincoln. Fuck you. Yeah. So, and then Nolan West also, he blew it. He in, lost other artic- in other things he posted on Facebook, at one point he had this random post that said, I hate fag balls. Which I, I have find, the story behind now. We also I don't like sports. fascinating because I don't understand, like there are many, I don't understand what that means, but if you, but if, first, who's letting you touch their fag balls? <laughs> well, fag balls, that's, they opened that new gay sports bar and that's like what Is they... Is that what fa- No. He hates the new bar. <laughs> Is he a gay? <laughs> so, yeah, and we're, right, we're bad at sports, so I didn't, yeah. <laughs> Explain your candidate. No, no. Defend him. I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we spent like eh, half, so, half the episode the point, talking like, about fag balls. And we've talked and half but, this episode no, no, about... But, uh, but just, but so that you're all okay, like all the straight people were bleeped when they said the word fag. <laughs> you could only hear me saying it. Uh, <laughs> But to, to actually answer your question... Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm substance. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, um, in, in, in today's Twitter, Facebook, social media world, the, the, both parties are so far to the right and the left that any, uh, any crossing the aisle, any, any working together is seen as treason. And you can't govern that way. And we have seen that the state does not work that way. It doesn't work at all. So what... Yeah, go ahead. No, ask your question. I, I was going to... So is there anything that snapped that back other yes. than, you know, a, a shutdown of the internet? No. So... A, a, a couple, well, everyone needs to listen to our that. podcast. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say... I mean, you know, I was going to say that I think one of the things that um, that these people have brought into my life is, you know, we when you have a conversation with somebody that you disagree with, so, oftentimes you go into that with the goal of winning or convincing them or bringing them around. Honestly, if you free yourself of that and are just with them in that conversation and just are with another person in relationship without trying to win something or go somewhere, life becomes far less transactional um, and, and quite a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was too serious. Um, and amplify the, me, bitches. I, and the truth is... You're, like, being, we're amplify, not, you're being applauded. I stopped I got, I got a blowout. Does it look good? It looks really good. It looks great. I it also looks great. got a blowout. Yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your blowout looks great. Um, <laughs> thank you. The other thing is, and this is kind of the secret, so I served for seven years in the Minnesota Senate, and when I, I thought got you the, looked familiar. I, <laughs> yeah. Been in the, I've been in the news. I'm going to Google you yeah. right now. No, no, don't do no, that. No, don't no, do that. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Nobody Google me. Don't do that. No. No. Um, I think you've been Googled enough, Amy. Uh, right. Yeah, no. I, I, just for the Not record, enough, because Brian. Amy and I get this a lot. People, my friends will say, like, are you really friends with Amy Coke? And like, no, really. Yeah, yeah, I'm really friends with Amy Coke. And sometimes one of us will post something on Facebook and, and our friends will be like, are you really? Fr-? Yes, we're really. I'm really, really friends, friends with Amy Coke. I mean, Coke. I mean, I knew her before from her uh, career. And um, Thank you. yeah, and I <laughs> and I dedicated my life for a good year and a half to 
to like destroying her career. Thank um, you. And she did that herself. Yeah, she did hey. a good job of that herself. <laughs> Can I, I? And I'm bringing let, it back let with Wiener Man podcast. Right. Let Amy answer. Don't let, let good, Amy answer. Good choices I make. Well, um, wait, there was a point somewhere in there. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, my point is <laughs> I served <laughs> in the fucking Senate <laughs> for, for, for seven a while. years. For a while. All right. And when I got there, I assumed that all of the Republican senators were going to be on the same page as me. And then you realize within your own party, they're not. And in fact, some of them you don't really care for and you don't really want to work with. And then there's other folks on the other side that you really like and that you can get a lot done. Um, And that's kind of the secret of the whole thing. And so often, everything about the controversy gets exploited, but there is 85 to 90% of bills that pass the Minnesota Senate that are very good, that no one ever hears about because they pass and they get done and they affect someone's life. Um, the best bill I ever passed was a cancer radiation um, facility in my district, which was being blocked, actually, by a DFLer. Um, and I offered an amendment to uh, the big HHS bill. And, and my, my client, I think, was... I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was actually Democrats that came to my aid and spoke in support of my cancer radiation center. Um, and we got it built. And then I didn't even know this was going to happen, but a year later, both my mom and my sister uh, needed radiation, and it made a big difference. So you literally are doing extraordinary things that are changing people's lives um, every day in the legislature or every day that they're in session. You don't hear about that. You hear about the controversy. And there's, there is a lot of working across uh, the aisle. They just do it quietly and not publicly because they will be, it will be treasonous. Well, and one thing that, that is different in state and, and federal politics than the podcast is the reason that we can do this is that we all trust each other and yeah. we're friends. And the times when there have been communication breakdowns. I'm looking at you. He's always be- mad at me. I'm always mad at He's her. He's always it's, mad at it's, me. It's because, it's because... Do not answer his texts or something? He like, is like the 11-year-oldest girl I know. I swear to God. <laughs> You're like, like, like you say one thing and he's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny because it's true. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't engage and in gender his- stereotypes yeah. like that. Because being an 11-year-old girl is an empowering thing and someone that I want to lift right. up like Mufasa. Uh, you you non-amplifying That's bitch. That's <laughs> But it's, it's when we retreat to our silos, when listening to the other people, that's when things break down and when we can say anything to each other as long as we're in the right frame of mind, you non-amplifying And you Javier and I would fight the most, but we don't. We don't. Yeah. We're best friends. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So everybody's always mad at me. <laughs> so I, I I am sorry that we don't have more time with you all. Sometime we should do this again when we yes. have like a whole yeah. uh, hour. But the last thing, so we're gonna be watching the debate in a little bit, uh, and I, I'm gonna ask maybe the the well, I, I'm gonna ask a, a a kind of hard question. We were kind of talking a little bit before if Donald Trump ends up winning, and both of you are sort of uh, I know yeah, you're are, very. Are well, you Brian's both? a huge fan of Trump. No, we are neither of us are supporting have supported Trump and we have not been supporting. So Trump. let me ask this uh, uh, this is a very serious question. If Donald Trump were to win, would you still want to be Republicans? Mm-hmm. Even more so. Yeah. There's so much party to like there's opportunity then to raise up the party and do something good. Is I mean with him <laughs> with him sort of amplify me. Better you than me. No, I, I that's uh, that's actually a really great answer. Thank you. I think that's really great. Don't give up. 
You know, I, I, with it, so there's so it's just continuing to sort of, and then what happens? If I, you, if, I like a challenge. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that'll be a good Tain. one. Uh, so, uh, so last one uh, with this. So we're going to be watching the debate, and this is the theater of public policy. So I have to ask sort of a policy-related question, which is just. Uh, what are the actual like issues that you all are waiting to hear? You know, we've heard all for like the last week about uh, the tone and like which Donald Trump is going to show up. But are there actual issues that you're actually excited to hear them talk about? Well, well, come on now. They can't hear uh, your head shaking. Well, I, I would like to see speak. Clinton answer questions on Syria and Libya and see how she handles them. Because it's not so much her answer, but how is she going to be dismissive of the questions? Is she, she's going to have to answer them again. And she doesn't like to answer those questions. And I get it. She feels like she's answered them. But this is the first debate in front of the national, uh, national audience against Trump. And she's going to have to answer them. So I'm interested to see how she answers those. As long as Donald Trump doesn't slobber on himself and kill a hooker on stage, he's probably yeah, going to exceed expectations. Yeah, Trump, I mean, the, 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 the news tomorrow That's asking be, a lot. Yeah. I know. I'm 50-50. I'm 50-50 I mean, on whether he, he will. What I heard we they bring? got extra hookers just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the news tomorrow is going to be that Trump won this debate. Right. Because the bar is so much <laughs> bar lower, so lower right. for him. Because you have a candidate who is not bound by, like, honesty or humanity, and his supporters don't care about either. Unlike honest Hillary. Right. Um, but no, what we have here, it's a... I'm it's, with her. You can be with her. Um, I'm with Kodos. But um, <laughs> but what I'm we with ha- reality. Yeah, what we have here is we have t- we have bad choices. We have we have the unacceptable status quo or possibly dangerous change. And you know what's better? I, don't know. I mean, some the of unacceptable us- status quo, like the income gap, actually shrunk in the last eight years. Um, the incomes have increased uh, across the news across, so happy uh, across so the board. So well. um, and President felt, Obama's rate, uh, like approval ratings, are high for that reason. I think that they that, were in the yes, shitter yes, until it was Hillary and, like, and Trump. Right, and and <laughs> now in well, comparison, yeah. well, Please, then that's and that is God, the, that is the thing, right? Is but the whole idea of grading on a curve of this debate, you have. Have like possibly you know probably the most qualified candidate to ever run for president um, uh, up against a guy who is a buffoon. And I honestly, like, I think and that... And as of today, you're losing to that. No, right. I, I, no Today, I, the poll has that, it down. I, has her right. down. I, I am not arguing that. I am arguing... I think you are. No, what I... Stop it. I hate when mommy and daddy fight. Oh. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. yeah. What I'm arguing is that uh, that our country may be going down a shithole, and I blame your, I blame your primary voters. You saw this. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, because there is a show coming up here at the Bryant Lake Bowl called Why We Can't can't have nice things. So that was a nice uh, plug for that. They have to give me a nickel now. Um, uh, uh, This is my last question on this. So uh, Hillary Clinton really has seemingly since the uh, convention making been making a play, I think, for Republicans like you to some degree, right? Like Republicans who have, I mean, it I think whether yes. it's worked or not, I think that she's yeah. been making that play. So uh, I guess the question is, in terms of strategy, is that something she should keep doing or should she go back and be like, forget it, I'm going to like make sure that every one of those like 22-year-olds like who don't remember Nader will actually show up for me? But they remember Bernie. <sighs> right. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I. These these guys are never going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I, I mean, I think she just needs to unify her own base. But yeah. if you want, if you want a Republican governor in 2018, the best way to get that is to have Hillary win. 
So you're playing the long game. Are you blackmailing us? No. You also, blackmailing you're us? at the Bryant Lake Bowl in Minneapolis. I know. I'm just you're going to get... Just for, just you're gonna get I feel like our people I are here. I ain't, a, I feel I ain't like a scourge. Are here. I ain't scourge. <laughs> <laughs> Even your girlfriend is a Democrat. No. <laughs> Hi, Jen. I like to, diver- Hi, Jen. I like to Hi, diversify. Jen. We like his girlfriend. All right. Well, on that personal note... What we're going to do is we're going to uh, trade places. The, the cast is going to come out here. Can we do a big round of applause for uh, our panel? Thank you for listening. Our show was recorded live at the Bryant Lake Bowl in Minneapolis. If you'd like to see us in person, you can find our schedule by going to www.t2p2.net or find us on Facebook or Twitter. Thanks.